What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of Sports Talk Buffalo. I'm your host, Drew, and thank you for making me part of your week. The UB Bulls get back on track with a big victory over Western Kentucky Hilltoppers, and also the Buffalo Sabres' woes continue as they drop yet another one, falling to 1-8-1 in their last 10 games. All that in this episode, so stick around and let's have some fun. The UB Bulls are back on track. What's up, everybody, and thank you for joining me for another video of Sports Talk Buffalo. After losing an absolute heartbreaker to St. Bonaventure, the UB Bulls had to pack up and go on the road again, this time down into western Kentucky to face the Hilltoppers for the first time in program history. Western Kentucky is one of Conference USA's top schools and had been to the conference championship game the past three seasons, and the Bulls were going to have to go into Western Kentucky without their best player in Nathan Williams as he was out due to a non-COVID-related illness. The Bulls would also be without the services of their backup point guard in freshman Curtis Jones. And on top of all that, in this game, Western Kentucky was going to be uh, returning their best player in Jarius Hamilton, who missed time with an injured back. Uh, Hamilton averaged 17.3 points per game. He was shooting over 50%. And UB would have to face yet the tallest player in the nation, in Jamarion Sharp, who is listed at a staggering seven foot five inches tall at the tip off, I thought to myself, my goodness, that David Skogman looks very small at six foot ten. And to learn that the center across from him was seven foot five was simply eye popping. He is a giant man, but he can play the position very well. He moved very, very well. In this game, coming into this game, Western Kentucky was riding a four game win streak where they averaged 89.75 points per game and they were holding opponents to just 60.75 points per game. So UB would have an absolutely giant task on their hands, not only playing against a very, very good mid-major team, but also having to do so without their best player. Meanwhile, Western Kentucky got their best player back on the court in this game. So without their best score, even without their best score, Jonathan Williams, UB showed that they are a very deep and talented team in this game being able to overcome all of that adversity and beating Western Kentucky 77-67. to The fact that UB had been struggling defensively and then uh, was able to hold Western Kentucky, who is a very dangerous team, to just 67 points is a very solid sign that UB is starting to play the way we seen them play last year. And also the fact that they got close to their season average scoring 77 points without their best score in this game. Again, a very, very good sign that things are trending in the right direction for the UB Bulls. 
UB played, as I mentioned, a lot like we've seen them play at the end of last year where they won seven of their last eight MAC games. They out-hustled Western Kentucky all game long, and that was a big factor in this game. They also got back to rebounding the ball well, and they absolutely dominated Western Kentucky on the boards, 42-28, to which included a staggering 17 offensive rebounds. That was basically the difference in this game, as it was just a 10-point game. Now, while the field goal shooting was relatively even, Western Kentucky had the slight edge, 46.7% from the the floor, as UB shot 45.6%. It was UB's ability to shoot the three ball in this game that was absolutely crucial and the difference in UB walking away from Western Kentucky with a W. UB shot nearly 40% from the three going 13 of 33. Meanwhile, Western Kentucky hit just three of their three-point attempts, going under 20% from behind the arc. With Williams out, the Bulls needed other players to step up, their other seniors to step up, and Sagu, Ronaldo Sagu and Josh Mbala did just that. Rondo Sagu had 18 points, seven assists, and six rebounds, and Mbala, after scoring just two points against St. Bonaventure, which really, really crushed them in the long run as, of course, UB ended up losing that game by three points. He dropped 19 points and grabbed nine rebounds in this game. He had a couple of very big hustle plays that secured more possessions for UB, and he was an absolute difference maker in this game, something that he must continue to do if UB is going to be successful moving forward this season. Buffalo also shared the ball extremely well in this one as they had 16 assists on 31 made field goals. However, the takeaway from this is that they still have to clean up their turnovers because they did turn the ball over 16 times in this game, and that's something you cannot do when you start to get into conference play as these teams are going to make you pay and you're going to lose a lot of close games that you probably would win if you did not have so many turnovers. Moving forward, Buffalo has two very, very winnable games against Division Three St. John Fisher and Western New York Big Four rival Canisius, who's just two and eight heading into or as at the time of this recording, uh, the Bulls will play them December eighteenth at the uh, First Niagara Center. It's going to be fun. I'm going to that game again. Probably going to do another vlog. Stick around for that one. This game is very, these two games are very, very big as the Bulls could potentially go into a very big matchup with UC Irvine at 7-3, and a quality opponent in UC Irvine at home. The Bulls could be 7-3 and heading into that. At the time of this recording, UC Irvine is currently at 5-1, and and that would wrap up conference or non-conference play heading into conference play if the Bulls could somehow be eight and three heading into conference play losing to a couple of very very good teams I think that would give them a load of confidence heading into conference play as UB was the favorite to win the MAC this year 
They are not quite as good as we all probably anticipated them to be. However, they are going to be a force to be reckoned with, especially if they play the way they played against Western Kentucky. That's going to do it for this video, guys. Remember, if you like what you're hearing, like, subscribe, hit that notification bell so you guys never miss a video. We're talking Bills. We talk Sabres. We talk UB Bulls men's basketball and football right here on this channel. Videos almost every single week, guys. Thank you for watching. Have a fantastic week. Man, is it getting hard to watch. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another video of Sports Talk Buffalo. After an absolutely incredible start to the season that saw the Buffalo Sabres go 5-1-1, they have come crashing, crashing back down to earth, uh, which we all knew would happen. However... Me personally, I just didn't think it would be as bad as it has been lately and their fall from grace being quite this bad. The Buffalo Sabres are really struggling without consistent goaltending since the injury to Craig Anderson as Dustin Tokarski and Aaron Dell have both really struggled outside of maybe a couple of really solid performances from Tokarski. It just hasn't been good enough in goal as Dustin Tokarski is now 4-5-3 with a save percentage of a .903 and a goals against of a 3.28. That's just simply probably not going to get it done, at least as a starter for the Buffalo Sabres. So they really need to figure out if, well, we know Craig Anderson's going to be out for a long period of time. Who is going to be the Buffalo Sabres starting goaltender? Clearly, it cannot be Aaron Dell, as Aaron Dell probably should not be on an NHL roster right now. In seven games, he has started four of them. He is 0-5. He has a 4.52 goals against average and a .872 save percentage. Yes, that is an NHL goalie on an NHL roster with a point. 872 save percentage. That's fucking terrible, people. That's not that's not even that that's not good in any league, let alone the NHL. The fact that he is on the roster just goes to show you how desperate the Buffalo Sabres are for goaltending. They brought in Malcolm Subban. However, as I pretty much predicted, unless he just absolutely blows me out of the water when he comes back, he is not the answer either. As statistically, he has been worse than both Aaron Dell and Dustin Tokarski in his career. He has a sub-900 save percentage for his career in the NHL, and he was really struggling in the AHL this season. However, there may be some light at the end of the tunnel, as UPL in his last two starts has looked very, very good for the Buffalo Sabres. Now, after this most recent loss against the New York Rangers, the Buffalo Sabres now sit 8-15-3 on the season, which is good for 12th in the Eastern Conference. They are just 1-8-1 over their last 10 games, including a now six-game losing streak. The Sabres are now on pace for 25 wins, 47 losses, and 10 overtime losses, which would give them a 60-point finish. This would put them slightly above the pace that they were on last season, 
which is an absolutely dreadful pace by the Buffalo Sabres. They were on pace for 21 wins last season in 82 games, and they're looking to get slightly better. However, it is not looking very good right now for the Buffalo Sabres. This season, however, is not necessarily about wins and losses, but it is more so about development. So what players have looked good as the season has progressed, and which ones have been the most impressive? Now, of course, the first name I have to say is Tage Thompson. Now, Tage, since the switch to center, Tage Thompson has seemed to have the light bulb go off. He looks more confident, more comfortable, more poised every single game that he plays, and he is consistently the most dangerous scoring threat for the Buffalo Sabres. In 26 games this year, he has 10 goals, 6 assists for 16 points, and that puts him on a 82-game pace of 32 goals, 19 assists for 51 points. That is almost a revelation for the Buffalo Sabres, as most people in the Western New York community, the Buffalo Sabres community, the fans, really thought that it was going to be a huge miss. However, it looks like the switch to center frees up his creativity to be able to use the hands and speed that he has given and you be able to utilize his size more as the season goes on. And it is a fantastic sight to see something that a lot of Sabres fans didn't expect. One of the things that is a little bit of a disappointment, a lot of bit of a disappointment this season, is the fact that Casey Middlesad has been hurt for a majority of the season. He's played in just four games, tallying just one goal. And I really believed coming into this season that he was poised for a breakout season, scoring somewhere between 50 and 60 points for the Buffalo Sabres. So without him, it is a huge loss and a huge hole at center moving forward. However, they did say he had successful surgery and that they do expect him back at some point this season. The next player that I want to talk about is Dylan Cousins who's also having a pretty solid sophomore season, sitting at 7 goals, 7 assists in 26 games. In his last 9 games, he's had 6 points, 4 goals, 2 assists. In the 82-game pace, he is on pace for 22 goals, 22 assists, which is right kind of around where I had him taking another step forward as the season went on. And if he can continue at this pace, I would be very happy with the progress from Dylan Cousins. I think a pleasant surprise that most of us probably did not see coming is the Sabres' fourth-round draft pick in 2016, and that's Brent Murray, who has now played eight games for the Buffalo Sabres, tallying two goals and two assists in those games, and he looks like he can be a very solid top-nine player for the Buffalo Sabres who can slot in somewhere between the second and third line for the Sabres as time goes on. He has been a very, very strong player. I have really liked his game. A lot of people believe he was too slow to play in the NHL. However, he is proving them wrong as he is now on a line with Dylan Cousins and Kyle Oposo and looking like he fits right in and not skipping a beat. Now, there's a small sample size again, but I said UPL, who played two games for the Buffalo Sabres this season, Though he is 0-2 in those games, he has not gotten much help in terms of goals as he played well enough 
to win both of those games. He gave up just two goals in each of those games. However, he has a goals against average of a point or a 2.06 and a save percentage at a point nine two six. Yes, that's probably going to come down. However, if he could potentially keep his save percentage at a point nine one five, the Buffalo Sabres will have an opportunity to win a lot more games this season, provided he is given the reins to be the starter with Craig Anderson out. He looked calm, cool, collected. He made big saves in every or in both of the games that we saw him in, and I really hope that the Buffalo Sabres continue to give him more games and more time up here in Buffalo as he has been spectacular in his two games. I think the biggest disappointment so far, at least on the defensive end, has been Rasmus Dahlin, who has not, who has simply just not had a great grasp defensively so far in his career. And I say defensively because right now Rasmus Dahlin does have, in 15 games, three goals and 12 assists for 15 points, and he is one of the leaders in points on the Buffalo Sabres. However, he just hasn't looked all that comfortable in the defensive end and he looks lost. He's not uh, not necessarily in the right position in a lot of cases. And hopefully with a little bit more time and a little bit more um, coaching, he will be able to get to where we all believed he could be when he was drafted first overall. Of course, while the season hasn't quite gone how I thought it would, the Sabres team is at least fun to watch. So if you have not been watching them, they are very fun to watch. They It, it is um, a lot better brand of hockey than they were playing under Ralph Kruger. The Sabres have a very high compete level. They are showing a lot of tenacity, a lot of intensity, and uh, they are playing this game the right way so far. Talent-wise, of course, they don't match up well with a lot of teams in the NHL. However, they are giving it their all every single night, and you can see it on the ice whether it be a fight, whether it be a hit, whether it be chirping back and forth, whether it be scoring goals, battling in corners, whatever the case may be, this Buffalo Sabres team believes in what Don Granado is preaching, and that is a fantastic sign for the Buffalo Sabres moving forward. I think all things are trending in the right direction as the Sabres are moving forward. Remember, this is just a developmental year for the Buffalo Sabres. If they can win some games along the way, that would be fantastic. However, I, along with all the Sabres fans, must keep things in perspective as the season moves forward. That's going to do it for this video, guys. Thank you for watching. Remember, if you haven't already, like, subscribe, hit the notification bell so you guys never miss a video. I talk UB Bulls, men's basketball and football, Buffalo Sabres and Buffalo Bills right here. Videos almost every single week, guys. Thank you for watching. Have a fantastic week.